10-3 is brought to you by Callaway. Callaway's new Apex irons are the ultimate forged player's distance iron. Unmatched field distance and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance and unmatched feel and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit callawaygolf.ca and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. The significant, persistent, and deliberate pattern of systemic, racial, and gendered human and indigenous rights violations and abuses perpetuated historically and maintained today by the Canadian state, designed to displace Indigenous people from their lands, social structures and governance, and to eradicate their existence as nations, communities, families and individuals, is the cause of the disappearances murders and violence experienced by Indigenous women, girls, 2SLGBTQIA people, and this is genocide. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. The final report from the Canadian inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls was released this week. We look at the findings of the report, what the report calls for, and what the next steps are for the country. Maura Forrest covers federal politics for the National Post. So, Maura, this report is released publicly Monday. It's the culmination of several years' worth of work. And the strongest word in the report, and the one that garnered, I think, the most attention yesterday, is the word genocide. And the idea that a genocide has been or is being committed against First Nations, uh, Indigenous, Metis, Inuit, Two Spirit, and LGBTQ women. Defining the term mentioned high up in the report's executive summary, just to kind of give context to all of it. But what is it that word refers to in the context of this report on missing and murdered women? Yeah, so you're certainly right that that word has gotten the most attention. Uh, I think it was uh, the most, if you will, explosive finding um, in this report. And it was a focus of, of Chief Commissioner Marion Buller yesterday during the closing ceremony for the National Inquiry. I think the way they're using it is they're, they're saying that Canada's history of colonization has resulted and continues to result in a genocide against Indigenous women and girls. So they include a number of examples of what they call colonial structures. So they talk about the Indian Act, uh, the 60s scoop, where children were removed from their families uh, and and placed with generally non-Indigenous foster families. Uh, They talk about the legacy of residential schools and other breaches of human and Indigenous rights. They say that all of that, all of those colonial structures have culminated in what they consider to be a genocide. And with particular regard to Indigenous women and girls, 
they point to some of the statistics that show that Indigenous women and girls are much more likely to experience violence uh, than other women in Canada. Uh, For instance, uh, they cite a statistic that Indigenous women and girls are 12 times more likely to be murdered or to go missing than other women in Canada. Uh, And so that's some of the information that they use to come to this conclusion that uh, this constitutes genocide. And how was that concept or that idea received by the government? A bit of a mix. So initially, when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stood up on the stage at the closing ceremony yesterday uh, to receive the report, he talked about this as a national tragedy. He said that, you know, it was unacceptable, that this was unimaginable, and promised that uh, this will not continue to be a reality in Canada, that he will take action to reduce violence against Indigenous women and girls. We have heard of their human rights being consistently and systematically violated. It is shameful, it is absolutely unacceptable, and it must end. However, he did not use the word genocide in that speech, even though at least one member of the audience yelled out at him during the speech to say it. Uh, he, He didn't say it. Two of his federal ministers yesterday also were asked about this, Indigenous, uh, Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Carolyn Bennett and Justice Minister David Lametti. Both did not use the word. Um, Lametti specifically said that this government is not going to concern itself with the definition. It will leave that to academics and scholars to debate the definition that this government is concerned with action. But then in Vancouver on Tuesday. As I said, we accept those findings. We accept the finding that this was genocide. Trudeau did change course and said he accepted the findings of the report, including the finding of genocide. So he does seem to have perhaps responded to the public pressure to actually come out and and use the word and accept that finding. Now, stepping back a little bit, obviously, the debate over the word genocide and whether uh, what had happened constitutes a genocide and people arguing about it on social media. At the heart of this is a multi-year inquiry and a lot of work put into this report and trying to find causes and solutions and deal with some pretty grave problems. What was the goal of the inquiry? Yeah, so this this has been a long time coming, as you say, and it's a huge endeavor. Um, Many family members of murdered Indigenous women have been calling for this inquiry for years, sometimes decades. And it it has not materialized. Previous governments um, were hesitant, I think, to uh, to launch a national inquiry. But this government, the Liberals, made it one of their key campaign promises before their election in 2015 that they would launch a national inquiry. And so it has been one of their sort of signature commitments um, in terms of advancing reconciliation. Uh, and the goal of it, uh, its mandate was to investigate the root causes of violence against Indigenous women, uh, and then to provide recommendations uh, for how to stop that. And how many cases of missing and murder women, girls, and LGBTQ and Two Spirit people are we talking about here? And is it just is it just mis- cases of missing and murdered individuals, or did they broaden? it to look at other instances of violence against people? Well, the actual number of 
missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls remains unclear. Uh, They don't come to a conclusion about that in the report. There have been a number of estimates over the years. An RCMP report in 2014 estimated the number of murdered Indigenous women at, I believe, just over a 1,000. But at the time, they said the actual figure could be higher, that the numbers weren't necessarily reliable. Uh, Other estimates have put that number as high as 4,000. Uh, the National Inquiry didn't come to a conclusion on that. They said there is no empirically reliable estimate that they could use. The Inquiry is focused on on violence against Indigenous women and girls, but it, it certainly goes beyond that in terms of talking about the sort of systemic uh, challenges that Indigenous people face in general. So, you know, it covers a lot of ground talking about the, uh, you know, a lack of resources in terms of cultural institutions, education, health and wellness, justice, policing, all of these areas, which of course don't just have an impact on Indigenous women and girls, but on the entire Indigenous population. So beyond the the idea that a genocide has been committed here in Canada, what were some of the main findings of the report? Well, the report comes to some very wide-ranging findings, um, some of which I, I think I've touched on a little bit already, but it, it the scope is pretty massive here. So the report, the, the National Inquiry yesterday provided a bit of a summary document. Um, given that the report itself is 1,200 pages, it's a massive piece of work. Um, so they provided mm-hmm. a summary document that went over some of the uh, some of the findings and you know those those range from uh, discussion of the Indian Act. the The inquiry says the Indian Act has served and continues to serve uh, to control and marginalize First Nations people. Uh, they say that Indigenous children continue to have a difficult time accessing culturally relevant education. Uh, they go on to talk about health needs, saying that Canada's not ensured that. Uh, the health needs of Indigenous women have been met. They also talk about something they call jurisdictional neglect. So this idea that Indigenous people can fall through the cracks between jurisdictions because um, both the federal government and provincial governments are responsible for providing different services to Indigenous people. And so they say that that creates this uh, environment where some people can sort of fall through the cracks between jurisdictions. They also talk about um, the justice system. They say that the Canadian justice system minimizes the severity of violent offenses frequently. They say that victim services, legal aid are not consistently provided to Indigenous people. Um, And they talk about something called GLADU reports, which are these reports that are supposed to take Indigenous, uh, to take offenders' Indigenous identity into account when they're being sentenced for crimes. They say those aren't being used often enough with Indigenous women. It's a tool that's supposed to take into account the particular obstacles that Indigenous people face that make them overrepresented in, in the Canadian criminal justice system. And they say that uh, that those services is, are not being adequately provided to Indigenous women. So really broad range of, of findings here that is certainly difficult to summarize. I, one of the things that I, I heard yesterday was just an encouragement that Canadians take the time to read the report. Because even in a, a long press conference news articles, it can be difficult to to sum up a lot of what is talked about in the report. Um, One of the things it does talk about is that there's a cycle of abuse and exploitation that perpetuates a reality for Indigenous women and girls that means they're more likely to become victims of abuse, violence, 
further exploitation and even murder. How does it purport to end that cycle? Well, the commissioners made 231 recommendations as part of this report. And and they say these recommendations are, are legal imperatives. They say they're not optional. And the recommendations are directed at the federal government, provincial and territorial governments, uh, institutions like police services, and to all Canadians. So again, very sweeping recommendations. And they're calling for major systemic changes in a lot of areas from policing to the justice system to cultural institutions, the education system, health and wellness funding. So basically, the inquiry is is handing this piece of work over to governments across the country to say, you need to take up the mantle, you need to work to change these uh, systemic problems that, you know, altogether create an environment that continues to be unsafe for Indigenous women. Now, some of the items that were raised among the 200 and some odd calls to action, they touch on areas that were already discussed in the recommendations from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. How does this report address the TRC or any overlap or what the feds need to do in relation to that report? Well, it's important to remember that this inquiry came out of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission directly. This was one of the recommendations of the TRC. The TRC made 94 recommendations in its final report that came out in 2015. And so this national inquiry is sort of building directly on the work of the TRC. One of the things that the national inquiry's final report mentions is that the TRC also used the word genocide in in a slightly different context. The the Truth and Reconciliation Commission came to the conclusion that the legacy of Canada's residential schools was cultural genocide, so that they were basically a concerted effort to strip Indigenous people of their culture and language and heritage. So that was sort of a central uh, piece of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's work. So the National Inquiry is building on that, is again using the word genocide, but now has dropped that qualifier of cultural genocide and is just is 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 claiming that this is genocide point blank. What was the reaction from groups representing indigenous communities, indigenous women? How did they respond to this report? I think there's a mix. I, I spoke to to some family members who were present at the closing ceremony yesterday um, in Gatineau, Quebec. And, you know, it was it was interesting to see the mood at the closing ceremony. I would say that overall, I, I felt that it was less solemn, maybe less somber than I thought it might be, given the nature of the issue that we're discussing here, this national tragedy of violence against Indigenous women. There, it seemed like there was a sense of optimism in the room. There was a lot of applause, a lot of cheering when the commissioners read out their their findings. And yet, I, I spoke to some family members one on one, and there was real uncertainty. I would say, um, you know, I spoke to people who said they were they were optimistic, they wanted to believe that that something will come of this, and yet, you know, they said. We've seen this before. Reports like this have been shelved before. You know, we need to be convinced that this is going to be different. And of course, there is some degree of concern, I think, about the fact that we're heading toward federal election in October. There's very little time in this mandate for this government to actually do anything about this report. And after the next election, you know, things could things could change. It's anyone it's anyone's guess how this report will be received by the next government. Yeah, and the election p- 
potentially throws a wrench into it uh, for the liberals. They could roll out a plan to to implement some of these calls to action and then lose government, and then it's on the, the next government to sort some of this out. They, it's a wide-ranging uh, list of, of calls to action and some very far-reaching ones, including a National Indigenous and Human Rights Ombudsperson and a National Indigenous and Human Rights Tribunal, a National Action Plan to ensure equitable access to employment, housing, education, safety, and health care, removing cultural bias or poverty bias from uh, taking children into care, funding Indigenous-led efforts to improve the representation of Indigenous people in popular culture. Like, has the government given any indication where they may start with some of these? Well, all that we know so far is that the government is committing to create a national action plan, which was the first of the 231 recommendations of the National Inquiry. Mm -hmm. So Justin Trudeau said yesterday that they would create this national action plan and that will sort of set the course, I guess, for further progress on these recommendations. Beyond that, you know, he he promised to act. <laughs> he promised that this would not sit on a shelf, um, but didn't give a lot of specifics. And I think you know these the recommendations are are challenging some of them are uh sort of intangible in some ways talking about you know recognizing uh you know recognizing and addressing systemic oppression of indigenous people and that sort of thing you know other recommendations would require legislative changes that this government doesn't really have time to implement before the next election well, I guess we'll be watching to see if that comes uh, into play as part of the election campaign uh, later this summer and into the fall. Maura, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Ten Three is produced by Carson Jarama. Thanks to my guest, Maura Forrest. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. 